0: Hello again, it's your friendly neighborhood host, J.T. Wheatley, back for another episode of the History Comics Podcast. This time, we'll be delving into a two-part history of Fawcett Comics. During the golden age of American comic books, there was a company that had the highest-selling superhero at the time, and it wasn't Superman or DC Comics. It was Fawcett Comics, and its creation was Captain Marvel, who actually outsold the Man of Steel during the golden age thanks to innovative writing and art from their talented roster of creators, from Bill Parker, C.C. Beck, Kurt Schaffenberger, and even Jack Kirby. However, despite Fawcett's success and talent, it will be brought down by DC not from being outsold, but by losing in the courts. Even still, Fawcett's characters would live on, becoming an essential part of DC instead of being driven into the dustbin of history. Before we can get to the beginning of Fawcett Comics, we must first get to the history of its parent company, Fawcett Publications. Fawcett Publications was founded on October of 1919 in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, by Wilfred Hamilton Captain Billy Fawcett. Born on April 29, 1885, in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, Wilfred Fawcett was an American publisher and shooter who, at the age of 16, ran away from home to serve in the Spanish American War, which took him to the Philippines. Upon completing his service, Fawcett returned to Minnesota, where he worked as a police reporter for the Minneapolis Journal, before returning to the Army to serve as a captain in World War I. It was in the Army that Fawcett's experience with the publication Stars and Stripes gave him the idea of starting his own bawdy cartoon and joke magazine. Captain Willie's Wizbang, the term whiz bang came from the name of the World War I artillery show. It would be the foundation for the Fawcett Publications Empire. Fawcett began distributing Captain Billy's uh, Whizbang on October of 1919 by his own account a, on a 5,000-print run to save money by others self-printed and personally sold by Fawcett and his four sons. Fawcett made a point to give free copies to friends and wounded veterans and with the rest sold through hotel newsstands. The magazine soon appealed to veterans with jokes like wall means after women are liquor. And soon Fawcett was bagging about a million a million in sales. While successful, it would be controversial, with some criticizing the magazine for its crass humor. Captain Billy's whiz-bang was even immortalized in the song Trouble from the classic musical The Music Man by Meredith Wilson with the line, Is there a nicotine stain on his index finger? A dime novel in the coin crib? Is he starting to memorize jokes from Captain Billy's whiz-bang? It wasn't all body humor, though, as Captain Fawcett would also include stories about his travels to Los Angeles, Miami, and Paris, along with profiles on celebrity friends like Jack Dempsey and Sinclair Lewis. Soon, the whiz morphed into a 64-page Saddle Stitch Digest format, and by 1923, it had a circulation of 425000 with $500,000 in annual profits. With this success... Fawcett expanded whiz circulation with annuals along with new magazines like Smokehouse Monthly and Mechanics Illustrated. During all this, Captain Fawcett found time to put his shooting skills to use, competing in the trap event in the 1924 Summer Olympics where he placed 18th. However, the 1920s would be the peak of whiz-bang with it slowly be being replaced by more sophisticated magazine like Esquire. Whizbang would set the standard for similar digest formats, such as uh, Charlie Jones' Laugh Book, which lasted until the 1950s. Thankfully, Fawcett Publications had decided to move on to other magazine ventures. During the 1930s, Fawcett expanded to a number of other magazines, such as True, Family Circle, and Woman's Day, reaching a circulation of 10 million, with one magazine, True Confessions, gathering 2 million subscribers by itself. Thanks to the success of Fawcett. Publications. Wilfred Fawcett would uh, build the Breezy Point Resort on Pelican Lake in Breezy Point, Minnesota. The massive lodge soon became such a popular vacation destination with celebrities like Clark Gable and Carol Lombard visiting along with future President Pres. Harry S. Truman. And uh, it would be, and due to success, he had the load leading up to it blacktop on it at his own expense. The Fawcett house, Captain Billy's personal log cabin, remains open for public rental to this day and is decorated with elk and deer skins, some by Fawcett's own hand, as he was a crack shot with many guests, such as Dr. Charles Mayo, one of the founders of the Mayo Clinic, noting his skill with a shotgun. Captain Wilfred Fawcett passed away on February 7, 1940, in Hollywood, California, surrounded by his wife, four sons, and one daughter. In addition, he left behind Fawcett Publications and a still-growing publishing empire. With his sons now in charge, they decided to expand into a new but growing popular venture in publications, comic books. Inspired by the success of Action Comics number 1, Fawcett was one of the many publishers that entered into the comic book medium, launching Fawcett Comics in 1939 as a division of Fawcett Publications. Their initial issues were Thrill Comics and Flash Comics No. 1, cover dated January of 1940, developed by Bill Parker and C.C. Beck, who produced two Ashcan copies to establish the copyright and solicit advertisers. The content was later reworked with the hero Captain Thunder, changed to Captain Marvel, and republished as Wiz Comics No. 2, February of 1940, keeping the numbering but changing the title, inspired by Fawcett's original Captain Billy's Bank. Pete Costanza came up with the name Captain Marvel, and he was the first to assist Beck, eventually partying together with him and Billy Parker in their studio. All of this was due to Fawcett finding out that neither Flash Comics, Thrill Comics, or Captain Thunder could be trademarked. Wiz Comics No. 2 featured not just Captain Marvel, but other Fawcett creations such as Spymaster and Ebus the Invincible, with the cover of Captain Marvel throwing a car driven by criminals against the wall inspired by the cover of Action Comics No. 1, where Superman is shown carrying a car. It would be one of many similarities to Superman that would eventually haunt the character. Strangely, Fawcett would repeat the numbering of Wiz comics with number two, though for continuity's sake, it was the third issue in the series. The comic would run till January of 1953 for 155 issues, and its most important creation would be Captain Marvel, who would shape the company and comic books for years after. Captain Marvel was created by Bill Parker and C.C. Beck. His story centered around Billy Batson, a 12 year old newsboy and orphan who had been chosen by the ancient wizard Shazam to become his champion of justice, Captain Marvel. By speaking the wizard's name Shazam, which was an amygdala of six immortal leaders Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury, Billy Batson is transformed by a bolt of lightning into the superpowered Captain Marvel. The name Captain Marvel Billy Batson was inspired by Fawcett's founder, Captain Billy Fawcett, while well, his look was reportedly modeled after actors Fred McMurray, Cary Grant, and Jack Oakley. The idea of Captain Marvel having a young boy as his alter ego reportedly came from Fawcett's circulation director, Roscoe Kent Fawcett, who ordered his staff the Give Me Superman but as a 12-year-old boy, another comment that would haunt his creation. Parker and Beck also introduced Captain Fawcett's arch nemesis in Wiz Comics No. 2 and Dr. Savannah, a mad scientist bent on world domination. Wiz Comics No. 2 was an instant success in large part due to Captain Marvel selling 500,000 copies, and by the next year the character got his own series in Captain Marvel Adventures in 1941, with Joe Simon and Jack Kirby writing and drawing the first issue. This series became one of the most popular of the Golden Age, even outselling Superman, which would only draw the ire of its owners at National Publications, the future DC Comics. The comic would reach 1.3 million in circulation and would have to run the blurb, the largest circulation of any comics magazine. It wasn't long before Captain Marvel not only got his own series but numerous spin-offs as well. Through 1941 and 1942, in Wiz Comics number 21, 1941. The Lieutenants Mar- Marvel were introduced about a group of boys who attained the powers of Captain Marvel. A more notable one was Captain Marvel Jr., who first appeared in Wiz Comics No. 25 in December of 1941, created by Fritz Heron and Mac Raby. This was about Freddie Freeman, a crippled newsboy who was granted the power by Suzanne to turn into the world's mightiest boy, Captain Marvel Jr., when he utters the name of his hero, Captain Marvel, thus deriving his powers from Captain Marvel himself. In addition, it reminded readers to buy the regular Captain Marvel books as well, but it also distinguished Captain Marvel Jr. from not saying Shazam like the rest of the Marvel family. This came about when Captain Marvel fought the villain Captain Nazi, only for Fred, Freddie McMurray's uh, grandfather to be killed and he was crippled. Captain Marvel rescued McMurray, but after learning he was paralyzed, he took him to the wizard Shazam, hoping to pass on some of his powers to Freddy so he could walk again. As a result, McMurray was able to transform into Captain Marvel Jr., but when human, his left leg was still lame, resulting in his use of a cane. Unlike Captain Marvel, his suit was colored blue over red. After this initial story, Captain Marvel Jr. got his own story in Master Comics number 23 in February of 1942, and later a self-titled comic nine months later. Under co-creator uh, Mac Rabo, the Captain Marvel Jr. stories tackled more serious subjects, such as crime and poverty, along with emphasizing Freddy as being crippled in human form. Another addition to the Marvel family was Mary Marvel, the world's mightiest girl, who was actually Billy Batson's long-lost twin sister, Mary. Created by Otto Binder and Mark Swayze, this came about in Captain Marvel Adventures number 18 on December of 1942, where it's revealed Billy Batson has a long-lost sister, Mary, and seeks her out with the help of Captain Marvel Jr. She is later revealed to be rich girl, Mary Broomfield, who is targeted by kidnappers that the Marvels stop. After revealing their identities, Marvel Mary wonders if she can uh, call upon the powers of Shazam! Shazam! Herself being Billy's twin, only for Freddy to dismiss it, saying that the wizard would never give powers to a girl. Thankfully, Captain Marvel Jr. will be proven wrong when the kidnappers return, incapacitating Billy Bass and Freddie McMurray in their human forms, thus forcing Mary Marvel to call upon Shazam to give her her own powers. When she utters the name Shazam, she is given the power of six great goddesses Selene for grace, Hippolyta for strength, Adrian, later Artemis, for skill. Zephyrus for Flight, Aurora, later Aphrodite for Beauty, and Minerva for Wisdom. After defeating the kidnappers, she is christened Mary Marvel, joining the ever-growing superhero Marvel family. She was soon headline Faustus' WoW comics, and by December of 1945 had her own Mary Marvel book that ran till December September of 1948 for 28 issues, all while making regular appearances in other Marvel family books. Fawcett would also have fun with these spinoffs when they expanded Mary Marvel's supporting cast with the character Uncle Marvel, a fraud Marvel fan, uh, the, in the Marvel family who they are aware of who claims to possess powers, but he doesn't really. Created by Otto Binder and Mark Swayze, he made his first appearance in WoW Comics number 18 on October of 1943, playing a rotund con man named Dudley who discovers Mary Marvel's diary, which revealed her secret identity. Using this, he tries to con his way into the Marvel family, claiming to be Marvel's, Mary Marvel's uncle. But since they possess the wisdom of Solomon, the Marvel family quickly see through this. However, because they find Dudley rather lovable, they allow him to join the Marvel family as their manager, even humouring his lack of powers. Despite that, Uncle Dunley actually proves useful, such as in Marvel Family No. 1, when he tricked their arch-nemesis, Black Adam, into saying Shazam and thus perverting him into human form so they can defeat him. He would remain with the Marvel family until 1948, also serving as Mary Marvel's guardian, and even bringing along his niece, the equally non-powered Freckles Marvel. But his character was quietly dropped in 1948. Another fun spinoff of the Marvel family was Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, who first appeared in Fawcett's Funny Animals, number 1 of December of 1942. Created by Chad uh, the Hoppy, side note, my childlike nickname, was a bunny who admired Captain Marvel and decided to speak Shazam one day in hopes of acquiring his powers. The series ultimately served as a satirical take on the Marvel family, with Captain Marvel Bunny taking on Captain Black Bunny, his version of Black Adam, Along with having his powers derived from animals, with Shazam being the Wisdom of the Salamander, Strength of the Hogules, Stanima as Antlers, Power as zerebus, Courage of Abalonia, and Speed of Monkery. Of course, with such a powerful family, they, they needed a proper arch nemesis outside of Dr. Sivana, and he was revealed in the Marvel Family No. 1 on December of 1945 as Black Adam, though his run at Fawcett wouldn't be as long as his later appearances. As previously mentioned, Uncle Marvel tricks Black Adam into saying Shazam, thus reverting to his human form. This has serious consequences as Adam's human form is an ancient Egyptian Tef Adam, meaning Great Human, and is 5,000 years old. Originally, when Shazam picked Tef Adam to be his next champion, going by the name Mighty Adam, he instead used his powers to kill the Pharaoh and try to take over the world. For his betrayal, Shazam banishes Mighty Adam to a distant star after renaming him Black Adam, complete with a black costume, and it takes him 5,000 years to return to Earth. However, when he turns back to human thanks to Uncle Marvel's trickery, Black Adam instantly ages 5,000 years in a matter of seconds, eventually dying and becoming a skeleton. While brief at Fawcett, Black Adam's appearance would make an impression, though he would not return until decades later. With the success of, of Captain Marvel, it was not surprising when other entertainment mediums came a-calling. With Republic Pictures adapting the comic into the adventures of Captain Marvel, a 12-part serial released in March of 28, 1941. With Tom Tyler playing Captain Marvel and Frank Cooglin's junior playing 12-year-old Billy Batson, it would be the first time a superhero was depicted in cinemas with the story having Captain Marvel face off against a scorpion, a criminal mastermind determined to gain control of an ancient weapon. Republic Pictures originally wanted to do a Superman serial but couldn't get the rights, and when and instead moved on to Captain Marvel. National Comics Publications attempted to sue to prevent its release, only for the courts to dismiss the case. The adventure of Captain Marvel was an instant success with many acclaiming Tom Tyler's performance as Captain Marvel and is considered today one of the finest movie serials of the era. Thanks to the success of Captain Marvel and its various spinoffs, it wasn't long before its creator, co-creators, artist C.C. Beck, was recognized as the chief artist-art director at Fawcett, which was formerly recognized in the pages of Fawcett Comics. Beck set a style in the Marvel books to be cartoony over realistic, and as art director, he kept that style consistent throughout the books. In addition, Beck was able to expand his studio in Inglewood, New Jersey, where he also produced commercials, notably a series of Captain Tootsie ads promoting Tootsie Rolls in comic strip form. These ads will appear in Fawcett Comics and rival publishers, along with Sunday comic strips. It wasn't just the Marvel family who were superheroes at Fawcett, as Bullet Man, a police laboratory worker named Jim Barr, who was also there, and he invents a flying helmet so he could become Bullet Man and fight crime. Created by Bill Parker and John Small, he first appeared in Nickel Comics number 1 in 1940. He would soon have a female sidekick, Bullet Girl, and the pair became so popular they were second only to the Marvel family at Fawcett Comics. Another hero that appeared at the same time as Captain Marvel was Spy Smasher. Also created by Bill Parker and C.C. Beck and appearing in Wiz Comics number 2 on February of 1940. He was a masked American hero who took out spies inside the United States using his master detective skills and various gadgets under the alter ego of Alan Armstrong, wealthy Virginia sportsman. At one point, he even fought against Captain Marvel when he was brainwashed in Wiz Comics number 16 to 18, only to eventually fight side by side. Another World War after World War II ended, Spice Master found himself without a war to fight, thus he was Crime Smasher, though not as popular with the readers, with only one issue being published in nineteen forty eight before disappearing from the public for decades. Yet another superhero who made his first appearance in Wiz Comics number one was Ebus the Invincible, a practitioner of white magic who used it to fight evil. Created by Bob Kingit. Ibis was mostly inspired by the success of Lee Fox's main direct, the Magician, comic strip, arguably the 1st superpower the comic book hero. His character was originally Amantep, a prince of Egypt from 4,000 years ago who was given the Ibis Stick, a talisman of power from the Egyptian god Toph. Engaged to Thea of Thebes, Ibis faces being overthrown by a cruel magician named the Black Pharaoh, who is also, also in love with Thea. When she rebukes him, the black pharaoh shoots her with a poison arrow. Ibis, hoping to save her, places Taya and himself in suspended animation, only to awaken 4,000 years later when his mummy is discovered at an American museum in 1940. Now calling himself Ibis, he sets out to find Taya, whose mummy is in another museum, and the two fight crime side-by-side in side the modern world. Outside these original superheroes from Wiz Comics Number 2, Fawcett Comics continue to expand their lineup. One was Minuteman, who was Jack Weston, a buck-private and one-man army against America's enemies. He first appeared in Master Comics number 11 of February of 1941 and was created by Charles Sultan and was in the spirit of many of the patriotic superheroes during World War II. His secret identity is only known to his superior officer, General Milton, who sends Minuteman on unsanctioned missions behind enemy lines. Another hero was Mr. Scarlet, a former district attorney who, with his ward, Pinky the whiz Kid, were the Crimson Crusaders of Justice. They were created, co-created by France Heron and the legendary artist Jack Kirby in WoW Comics Number 1 on winter, in the winter of 1940-41. to 41. In some humorous commentary, Mr. Scarlet was apparently so good at fighting crime that he would have to take up odd jobs to supplement his income when it got too low. Other comics published Under the company were the Strange Suspense Stories, Don Winslow's Of The Navy, Captain Midnight, War Comics, and Jackie Robinson, among numerous others. From 1949 to 1953, Fawcett also had the movie comic line provided adaptations of popular films from The Man from Planet X to Ivanhoe. During all this, Fawcett acquired a brilliant lineup of writers and artists as well, including Jack Kirby, George Tuska, and Kurt Schaffenberger. With this combination of comic books and creators, it was no wonder Fawcett Comics was one of the top publishers during the Golden Age. However, that would soon come all crashing down from one of their chief rivals, but not through the comic book rat, racks, but the court system. And we will conclude this episode for today, but join me again next week when we uh, conclude this two-parter in the history of Fawcett Comics as they go up as they find themselves challenged in the legal court system about the existence of their very characters. than a new day pancake more fun than a super kick party it's the wrestling podcast from the host who is the hammer swinging burrito eating well you know the rest of thunder talk sexy it's the ring of thunder found in the thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the eso network And now it is March 31st, 2022, time for the favorite comic book of the week, Shadow War Alpha, number one, by Joshua Williamson and uh, Victor Bogdanovich, which launches up this new uh, DC event that finds Ra's al Ghul, the perennial uh, Batman DC villain, dying despite his many uses of the Lazarus Pit and deciding he's going to turn himself into the authorities in exchange for revealing the secrets of the Lazarus Pits to the world. Naturally, this doesn't go as planned, and soon a war erupts that that finds Batman and the rest of the DC Universe pulled in. This is a great first issue that really does a great job setting up the different components to what's about to happen, with Ra's al Ghul and different villains and so forth, and also with Batman and his family. I mean, the moments between him and Damian Wayne are very heart-tugging, and really explores his relationship, including the people around him. I I especially love how Barbara reacts when Damian sees uh, Batman, his dad, for the first time in a long time. And it's matched beautifully by Bogdanovich's by art, which is beautifully action packed and detailed, which is perfect for this kind of event because it's about to get crazy with this insane cliffhanger. As there are twists and turns all throughout, and yeah, it looks like it'll be a fun DC event, uh, emphasizing the more uh, darker villain aspect of it, which is a nice twist on uh, these kind of events. So yeah, Shadow War, n- Alpha number one, um, that's my favorite comic of the week. And until then, join me again next week when we do the second and concluding part of the history of Fawcett Comics. And until then, go out and enjoy yourself in the comic.